This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. How AI can help with cyber incident reporting. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Matt Bradley, Vice President of Global Security Solutions at OnSolve. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Of course. What does OnSolve do? Good question. OnSolve does three things. They do AI-enabled risk intelligence, which is how you know that something is happening. They do incident management, which is how you know what to do about it. Think of a playlist or a, a playbook or a checklist. And then they do critical communications, which is how you tell other people what they should do about it or what you're doing about it. All three of those capabilities together are called critical event management. So OnSolve is a critical event management provider. Subcommittees of both the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives are considering legislation requiring victims of data breaches to inform the federal government of the breach. Tell us a little about those efforts. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's obviously born out of recent events that uh, high profile events like the Colonial Pipeline and the JBS uh, ransomware attack where um, the government is maybe feeling that uh, consumers are affected or the citizens are affected by things that happen to private companies uh, and that they want to ensure that citizens are notified in a timely manner when they may be affected. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that, right? One is obviously if, if this is a personal breach of credentials, you think of, you know, some that have happened in the financial world, you know, I need to change my password, I may need to monitor my accounts, but think of somebody who's providing a service like the Colonial Pipeline, right? So when that pipeline shuts down, I need to know as soon as possible so that I can make arrangements, alternate arrangements for the fuel. Maybe I'm running a plant or I have a factory or I have a fleet of trucks and they depend upon that fuel. I need to reposition some of those assets or make other arrangements to keep my supply chain running. So I think that's what uh, the government is saying that you're affecting this breach is not just affecting your organization. It's affecting others and those others need to be informed in a timely manner so they can take measures. So then at 24, are 72 hours, are the proposed breach reporting deadlines practical or even realistic? I think it's always difficult to determine when it started, right? When somebody knew. So I think the critical piece for the government to determine is what is time zero, right? If we're going to measure 24 hours or 72 hours from a certain time, what is the time that the, the company knew? Um, but I do believe that 24 hours or 72 hours is certainly reasonable to expect somebody to notify the public. And, and the truth is, if you have a good internal corporate crisis communications, you probably should be putting out information within 24 hours anyway. Otherwise, somebody else is going to break the story for you. So on the surface, timely reporting of a breach sounds harmless. But are there negative side effects to meeting an arbitrary or aggressive reporting deadline? There could be negative effects, and I'm sure that organizations who don't want to report these things or have had issues in the past will say, well, we were, we were trying to fix it, 
right? We were trying to make it better. We were trying to ensure that we handled it before people knew because, um, you know, maybe we could handle it in a way that cost less or had lower impact if we did it quickly or we did it before it became public. So certainly the, the breach becoming public knowledge may increase the amount uh, that the ransomware that the, the attackers want, because now there may be more at stake. Uh, they, the publicity could increase the value of the attack to the attackers. Um, so that's probably what organizations are going to say. Um, what I would say is it's very difficult to keep a, something a secret that isn't a secret. Um, and it, you know, once two or three or five people at your organization know that something has happened, it's probably not a secret anymore. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What about privacy? Shouldn't a private enterprise be able to work within its own customers in a way that minimizes any damage from a data leak? That's a good example. And if I think if the private organization, I think a private person maybe has more right to that privacy than a private organization. Uh, but think of the case of JBS as a reseller of uh, meat, right? Would would we be comfortable as consumers with JBS if they had an outbreak of some type of disease within their meat? Would we be comfortable with saying that private organization should have the right to keep that outbreak, virus outbreak, a secret until they resolve it or have a plan to resolve it? We wouldn't be happy as consumers. We wouldn't believe that they had that right. So why do they have the right to keep a ransomware attack, which might affect a pipeline which delivers fuel, why would they also have the right to protect that or keep that a secret? Um, so I don't think organizations really can talk about the right to privacy as an organization to deal with it as, a, as an alternate to, to, the, to the legislation. How can artificial intelligence serve as a tool to help meet the requirements should these proposals find their way into law? What makes AI maybe a well-suited tool for this type of task? The, that's a good question. And AI is really ideally suited for these types of tasks, right? As, as you and your listeners know, AI is about processing large amounts of data, looking for patterns, and then providing correlation to um, other things, whether those things are other events or primarily assets. So if we think about the colonial pipeline as, as a potential impact, um, you can talk about where is that happening, right? So there might, there could be dozens of or hundreds or thousands of things happening everywhere every day. And organizations can't necessarily know all of those things, right? The ones they want to know about are the ones that affect them. So what I say is that every time you hear about a significant event, you always ask yourself, am I a participant or a spectator? I'm a spectator if I don't have any assets that are potentially in harm's way. I'm a participant, which means I need to take action if I do have assets in play. And so AI, what AI does is it processes thousands or millions of events and correlates them to your assets so that it can provide you those incidents that are affecting your assets. Now you know you're a participant and you can take action sooner. Taking action sooner leads to better results. 
Matt Bradley, Vice President of Global Security Solutions at OnSolve. Thanks for shedding some light on this, Matt. If somebody wants to follow you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, that's, uh, we love to get some interaction. We have our, our website, onsolve.com. And of course, they can follow me on LinkedIn at Matt Bradley or on Twitter at Matt Bradley SOS. Thanks again for joining me, Matt. Thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.